in your life. Jesus Christ has broken a chain in your life. And don't hold back. If he has broken a chain in your life, say amen. He does that. This is not just a song that someone sings or demonstrates here on a platform. Jesus Christ has indeed broken chains in people's lives. Another line was, you say that I am free. How can it be? This morning, if somehow, some way, Jesus Christ has brought some freedom into your life, say amen. That wasn't quite as good, but, but it was, it's good. Jesus Christ brings freedom. Glory to God. This isn't part of my message right here, what I'm saying, but, but, but I'm so excited about what God does in people's lives. And, and uh, this morning, again, if, if, uh, if you have not yet begun to follow Jesus Christ, and I'll explain a little what that means a little bit later, but but, but if, you've, if you've never accepted him as your Savior, I have some wonderful news to you. Today is your day, glory to God. And the chains, the, the areas of bondage or the areas of conflict or the, the areas of, of somehow inner restraint that, <coughs> that have tied you down, Jesus Christ is going to begin to deliver you. Glory to God. If you have your Bibles this morning, I would like you to take those Bibles and turn to the, the section called Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew this morning, chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, if you have your Bibles this morning. By the way, if you do not have a Bible, in a few moments, if you don't have a Bible with you, you're going to see these same Scripture references that, that I read. Um, you're going to see them on the screen, but, but we do encourage you to have a Bible and bring a Bible. If you do not have a Bible, see me or one of the other pastors that you saw up here earlier. See me and, and we will get you a Bible for your very own you can bring back next week. We want everyone to have a copy of God's Word. But if you do have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28. For some weeks we have been, we have been asking many why questions here at Aberdeen First Assembly of God Church. We've been asking why questions, why we as followers of Jesus Christ do what we do. Why do we do what we do? You see, you know, I, I, I'm a pastor, and so I've been a pastor for a long time, but you know, more than anything, I'm, I'm not really, that's not the premier title in my life. In fact, if you, if you call me something else, I'm really okay with that. But here's, here's, my, here's the premier title, follower of Jesus Christ, or Christian, or Jesus follower, one who is saved by the grace of God. However you want, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, I don't want to just go through motions. I don't want to just do things without understanding why I do them. That's why we're asking these questions, the why questions. And so we've asked about 10 different why questions. Why do we do these certain things? Is it in the Bible? Or do we just go through the motions, as some churches do? Why, why is this important to us as followers of Jesus Christ in this congregation? And so we've been asking and answering from God's Word those questions. Last week, last week we asked and we answered why we proclaim, or why do we proclaim, the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Why do we proclaim that? Why do we proclaim the cross of Christ? Two days ago, just two days ago, believers 
from uh, several congregations in our area gathered together to receive communion as a body of believers. I've shared this before, that, that in Aberdeen and in the surrounding area, in fact, throughout the world, there really is only one church. There are many different denominations, but there's only one church, and that is the, the body of Jesus Christ. If you, are, if you have been saved by Christ, if you have surrendered your life to Him and He's dwelling in you, then regardless of denominations, we are a part of His body. And a, a number of us here in the Aberdeen area gathered together, and we received communion as a body of believers. We, we gathered together to remember Jesus' sacrifice. We met on Friday because that is the day of the week that long ago week on which Jesus was crucified. We often call it Good Friday. The question that's been often asked is, why, when we remember the really horrible suffering of Jesus, why do we call it Good Friday? Because, because of the good that came from it. Because of the goodness of God that was demonstrated on the cross. Because of the, of the good life that He gives us and eternal life that He has given us because of the cross. Good Friday. Uh, afterwards, uh, my family and I, we uh, went out for lunch and, and then we visited someone. I came back to the office here and uh, I did something that I haven't done for about 12 years uh, since it first came out. We have a copy of the movie uh, Passion of the Christ. Some of you saw it. It actually came out 12 years ago. It's been quite a while since it came out. And uh, we have a copy here, so I pulled it off the shelf, and I watched about 20, 25 minutes of The Passion of the Christ. I hadn't seen it since it first came out 12 years ago. There's a reason for that. I actually find it rather disturbing. I'm not putting it down. I think it was very well done. But it was really, really hard on me um, the first time watching it. I remember sitting and watching it on the big screen, and I, I remember weeping and just, just um, had to control myself from sobbing and I knew that it was a movie, and I know that it was portrayed, but it reminded me of the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross. And, and, and as I watched that movie the first time, I, I, just, I was overwhelmed at the love that was demonstrated when he gave his life for me on the cross. Very, very moving and very, very powerful. So I watched just a portion of it again this, uh, this last Friday. I'm grateful for the cross. I'm grateful for what it purchases for me. As I shared a few moments ago, I'm very grateful for the, the chains in my life that have been broken. I'm very grateful for the, the areas of, of slavery that I was into, that, by the way, that you were into, that, that so many of us were into. We were, we were, as the Bible calls it, slaves to sin. But Jesus, through the cross, through the Son of God, the Son of God, Himself God dying on the cross, not for his sins, but for my sins. For the sins of every person that lived at that time, before him and after him to this very day. I'm grateful for the cross. I'm grateful for the cross. I know that today is not Good Friday, and I know that I, know that I preached on it last week, but if you're grateful for the cross, say amen. amen. Glory to God. Because his blood is upon you. You're forgiven. Glory to God. Grateful for the cross. But there's more, isn't there? There's more than the cross. It's a huge part. And in no way do I want to minimize that this morning. But there's more than that. This morning, we talk about why we 
celebrate the resurrection? Why do we celebrate the resurrection? Why have we already sung about it? You've seen it demonstrated here. Why, why, do, we, why do we celebrate this thing called, sometimes called Easter, but more than that, it's Resurrection Sunday. Why do we celebrate the resurrection? Matthew chapter 28. You have it, many of you have it there in your hands. Verse 1 and following reads this way. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Jesus, you understand, was dead, was buried here. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. And He, that is the angel's appearance, was like lightning. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. Now I just read just a few verses from one of the gospel accounts, all four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all give an account of the circumstances surrounding the resurrection. And what I just read, what we just read together, um, what a sight and experience that must have been. Think of it for a moment. To be one of those women who are coming to do the final act of remembering Jesus, honoring Jesus. He's dead, and of course when someone dies, the dream dies with them, and that's really where they felt. But, But out of a love and devotion for who he was, Past tense, they come and they are ready to do the final. It was a kind of a long process preparing the body, and they were going to make those final preparations. And to see that the tomb was open, and to hear the words of the angel, three words that the angel said, three words I want to draw particular attention to, Three words especially made an amazing difference. They are the three words, He has risen. He has risen. You see it there in verse 6. The angel sitting on top of the, on, on top of the stone looks down at the women and says, He is not here, He has risen. I told him, come and look where, he's, where He once lay. But, but He is not here, He has risen. Those three words, big words, powerful words. The angel said it again in verse 7, this time as a directive to the disciples and, of course, to everyone else. Again, they were to go and tell others. Same three words are used. He has risen. That was the message. Jesus is alive. He has risen. Three powerful words words. It was the very first time. Now this is almost 2,000 years ago. 
This is a very long time ago. From that time to this time, about this time of year, people will declare that again and again. He has risen. A number of people greeted me on the way in this morning um, or, or somewhere else here in the building, and they looked at me, and the first thing they said was, He has risen. Of course, I replied. Ever since that time, it was, but this was the first time. This was the first time. An angelic being sitting on top of that rock said, He has risen. From that time to this time, nothing has ever been the same. From that time to this time, nothing has ever been the same. It was one of the major turning points in all of human history. He has risen. Those words changed everything. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changed everything. For if Jesus would have died, well, of course he did die, but if he would have died and then remained dead, Christianity would have died in its infancy. Again, I'm not minimizing the cross in any way. But if he would have died on the cross, been buried and then remained dead, Christianity would have died in its infancy and it would, have, it would be at best just a footnote in the history of human events. Well, there was this brief movement that came up, a few followers, but it quickly died when their leader died and remained dead. Just a footnote. If Jesus would have died and then remained dead, Jesus would be remembered as a great teacher, perhaps, he may be remembered as a miracle worker because he did all of that prior to his dying. He, uh, he would perhaps be remembered as a person of compassion or wisdom, but little more. Again, just really kind of a footnote, I'm not minimizing Jesus in any way. I'm not in any way minimizing the cross, but had he died and remained dead, Jesus himself would have been, at best, a footnote in history. And yet, because of the resurrection, see, this, this, is why, this is why it's so big. Because of the resurrection and because of those three words, he has risen, everything changed. Everything changed because Jesus was no longer in the tomb. And by the way, it's not that the body isn't here. The Bible goes on to say that hundreds of people saw him, interacted with him. They ate together with him. They touched him. They, they heard him. They saw him. Hundreds of people for about the next 40 days before he ascended. His, the fact that he was alive changed everything not just as a significant moment in, in history. Please understand that. This is where I really need you to track with me because I want you to understand the resurrection was not just a change point in history, but it was a change point in your life and in my life. Something happened within us. Now, of course, none of us were born yet. A long time from it. I mean, our great, 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 great wasn't even born yet. It's a long time ago, but, but when his resurrection happened, when he came back, when he did not remain in the tomb, but when he was physically resurrected, something happened in you and in me. You see, Jesus said this in John chapter 11. 
verses 25 and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. I want you to see that verse. That's a very powerful verse. Because Jesus was not simply saying the resurrection is an event. Jesus didn't refer to the resurrection only as a specific moment in time. Here in this verse that you see before you, Jesus was saying, I am the embodiment of resurrection. I am the embodiment of resurrection power. It's not just something that happened in a faraway place a very long time ago, but resurrection, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And if you receive me, you receive that life. He was the power. He was the eternal life. That's what's powerful because because we're not simply students of history that look back on this day and we go, well, a long time ago in a faraway place, there was a, a, a man of God, God himself, who died then rose again and then later ascended into heaven. And today we remember that event. We do remember the event, but more than that, we experience, it's not just a history lesson, it's not just looking back, it's not that we just remember, it's that we experience him today. And if we have him, we have the resurrection and the life dwelling within us. Glory to God. It's more than just an event. It's an experience. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. That resurrection power, you're going to hear that phrase a lot here in the next few moments, that resurrection power. So remember, not an event, it's an experience. That resurrection power that was demonstrated that first Sunday after the cross nearly 2,000 years ago, it began to change the world. It, it, it happened there, but then as the one who was and is the resurrection and life, as he began to change people and dwell within people by his Spirit, suddenly as they went out, they began to change their world. In the, uh, in the history book of the New Testament, we call it the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, about 40 days after he was resurrected, Jesus ascended into heaven. In Acts chapter 2, which was about 10 days later, the Holy Spirit came and we have what we, what we call the church age or the the church was actually birthed on that day. It's when the presence of Christ, the body of Christ, had ascended into heaven. But now the presence of Christ, the Holy Spirit, is now dwelling with us in remarkable ways. The resurrection power. And in chapter 2, um, it, the Bible says that later on, after the Holy Spirit came, that resurrection power coursed through one of those disciples, the one that we know most, his name was Peter, it began, that resurrection power began to course through Peter, and the Bible says that he preached a very brief message, and more than 3,000 people began to follow Jesus Christ, which is remarkable, because, because just, again, 50 days before, they had crucified Jesus. 
just 50 days before, they had, they, there were multitudes that were ready to kill him and in fact called for his death. And he in fact, of course, died. But now, 50 days later, 3,000 people, and more added every day, but on that first day, Acts chapter 2, because the power of the Holy Spirit, because resurrection power was now working through people, now 3,000 people come to Christ in one glorious day. Amazing. See, that's resurrection power. Acts chapter 3, just, just a short time later, Two more examples. The resurrection power radically changed a crippled man. Peter, the guy who has played a pretty big part in chapter 2, Peter and John, another one of the disciples, were walking through Jerusalem one day, and they see a man who is crippled, and he's asking for money. And, and, uh, and the disciples said, hey, what, what you ask for, we don't have. But what we do have, we'll give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The Bible says they reached down, grabbed his hand, pulled him up, and the guy who had never walked before in his life began walking around, began leaping and praising God. Glory to God. Why? Because of resurrection power. Because resurrection is not just an event, it's an experience. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So that his followers, when Jesus dwells within them, they have resurrection power. Glory to God. Acts chapter 8, a few chapters later, time goes by. Resurrection power came upon a man named Philip as he declared Christ and thousands more repented. You, you, you look throughout the pages of this book. You look throughout these pages and you will find spiritually and morally dead people come into new life. Why? Because of resurrection power. That's the amazing thing. If this morning all we do is celebrate and remember an event in a faraway place a long time ago, well, that's good, I suppose, in one sense, but we also celebrate the resurrection because it's more than an event. It's an experience. It's Jesus Christ dwelling within people, operating through people, and lives being radically changed because of that resurrection power and the life of Jesus Christ. People. You, 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 can, read throughout, you can read throughout this book. People who had suffered destruction. <laughs> That's what I love about the Bible. Man, I mean, there are some really messed up people in this book. I'm not saying the book's messed up. It's not. But there's some whacked out people in this book who when they experienced Jesus Christ, he radically transformed them. Resurrection power. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says this of resurrection power. If the Spirit of Him, Jesus, who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. It's brief. Read it again. In this, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies bodies. In other words, it's more than just an event, but resurrection power is something for you to experience as you experience Jesus Christ. Powerful. Oh, and, and resurrection power, resurrection power did not end with the back of the book. Did not stop here. It did not and with the back cover of the Bible, Jesus, the resurrection and the life, continues to change lives today. I have personally known, I, I'm, I'm, uh, 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 I, I'm, I'm in my early 50s, I'm going to be 53 shortly here, and in that time I've known 
hundreds, even thousands of people who have in their lives, as I have seen and observed their lives in different places over the years, I have seen thousands of people whose lives, now 2,000 years after these events, I have seen thousands of people whose lives were radically transformed because Jesus is alive in them. Some of you I have known for many years. And I'm not going to start naming names. I'm not going to start going down the roads because we'll, we'll be here and your ham will burn. I promise you. But I tell you what, there, I, I've known so many of your stories and it's been a wonderful thing to see the, the transforming power of Jesus Christ, resurrection power demonstrated in your lives. I mean, I've seen some of you and, and you, like people in this book, were really messed up. Uh, some of you, I mean, it, 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 things, were, things were horribly destroyed in your, in your relationships, in your body. Some of you in your mind, your spirit was just, just, just tragic. But glory to God, resurrection power demonstrated in your life, and you are different people. Only God can do that. I get frustrated with someone with people who occasionally will tell me, you know what, a person is who they are, they can never change. And I say, no, resurrection power demonstrated in a person's life through the person of Jesus Christ dwelling within them radically changes people. I'm not only talking about people that I've known, but maybe that's you today. And you're looking at your own life and you're going, man, I just got a mess here. I got great news for you today. Resurrection power is available to you. How many people have yet to know? There's still a lot of people that have yet to know. How many people have yet to find out that he has risen? Draw your attention again to the screen, and uh, I want you to watch this with me. How many people have yet to know he has risen? This is what they felt like when it happened. And today, it's how we should feel too. Because what it meant for them, it means for us. You see, the, 
resurrection of Jesus Christ was not simply an event that happened a long time ago, but resurrection power is an event that happens every time someone comes to Jesus Christ. You will never receive a text from God saying you're saved. More important than that, you will receive the confirmation in your heart that Jesus is alive. Not only is He alive, but He's alive in me. And that's an entirely different thing. Resurrection power. How many have yet to know of Him? I can't wait to tell them. I can't wait to tell them. Folks, this is, this is why so many of us get up every morning. It's not just to start another day, but, but it, today is going to be the day for someone. What would happen if we began to start every day thinking, today someone is going to find out Jesus is alive, and not only is He alive, but He can be alive in them. That's why we do what we do. Why, why this morning? You know, I mean, I bet we've been asking questions, right? Why do we do what we do here at AFA? Well, we celebrate the resurrection because the resurrection is more than an event. The resurrection is an experience that happens in people's lives. And there are people, hundreds, thousands of people within just a short distance of this place who may know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. But glory to God, they're going to know about Jesus. And you're going to be the one to tell them. He's risen. He's risen. Now, some will try to stop. I'm, I'm warning you, giving you a little bit of a heads up as if you didn't already know. There will be many who will try to stop the message of Jesus Christ and the resurrection. It began with Roman officials. Back, You can read the text. It began with Roman officials and temple officials who tried to explain it away and say, He's not alive. But it didn't stop there. It continues to this day. Because the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection will always threaten lesser powers. Let me say that again. The power of the cross of Jesus Christ and the power of the resurrection will always be a threat to lesser powers. This is why many people will try to stop the message of the cross and the message of the resurrection. In the 1930s, Less than two decades after what came to be known as the Russian Revolution, the Communist Revolution, a man named Nikolai Bukharin, who was one of the architects of Communist Russia, traveled from the capital of Moscow to Kiev in the Ukraine, both of those nations at that time part of the USSR. Bukharin, one of the architects, one of the top men, just under Stalin himself, traveled to Kiev in the Ukraine. His mission was very clear. His mission was very... He was going to address a large group of people, a huge gathering of people, on the subject of atheism, one of the key tenets of socialism. Now, you have to understand, Russia and the Ukraine, by that time had more than a thousand-year history of Christianity. A 
But the Soviets, the, the Soviets who had been in power less than 20 years at this point, the Soviets were convinced, were absolutely convinced that within a generation or less, they could stamp it out. They could stamp out this thing called Christianity. So addressing this huge gathering, Bukharin, for an entire hour, viciously attacked Christianity. I mean, he lambasted Christianity. He mocked it. He ridiculed it. He declared its imminent demise. He said that within a short time, the Christianity, you, will, you will not be able to find Christians, and within a short time, Christianity will be gone. Finally, when Bukharin, after nearly an hour, was finished, he asked if there were any questions. One man, one man, a ways back, stood up. He slowly came to the front and he asked if he could speak in Bukharin. The place went silent. Bukharin, who had given the invitation, does anyone have a question, said yes. And so this one man slowly came to the platform and stood beside Bukharin. The large audience, again, very, very silent. The man stood on the platform and he, he scanned at first to his right and he looked across those who were gathered all the way to his left. No one saying anything. Quiet. And then taking a deep breath, this man whose name is lost to history but not lost to heaven. The man took a deep breath and then shouted the words that an angel declared centuries before. He shouted to the audience, He is risen! And immediately, the vast audience stood to their feet and they shouted the deafening response, He is risen indeed! Bukharin was furious, of course. We don't know whatever happened to the man. He was probably summarily arrested and taken to a gulag. I'm sure that his life was taken. Someday I'm going to meet him. A few years later, Bukharin himself was killed by Stalin, not for his faith in Christ, but because he tried taking Stalin's power. See, there, there have always been and there always will be those who try to suppress the news of Jesus' resurrection. The attacks against the risen Christ, they will continue. But the fact of the resurrection is never going to change. The fact of the resurrection, there was the Son of God who came, who was born in that obscure place called Bethlehem, who was raised in a somewhat obscure place called Nazareth, who who ministered for three years, who worked miracles, taught incomparable things. He was and is God. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And on the third day following, He rose from the dead, glorious to, to, glory to God. And we, and we thank God for that. Nothing is going to change the fact of the resurrection. But neither can we, anyone, stop the power of the resurrection in people's lives. It is the fact of the resurrection, and it is the 
power of the resurrection that will continue to resonate throughout this world and throughout time. Why? Because the power of the cross and the power of that resurrection has changed my life and it has changed your life. And I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that come what may, it will continue to change thousands more in this area and millions more around the world in the days ahead. Glory to God. The resurrection is powerful. The resurrection is pure. And the resurrection is now. Glory to God. Resurrection power. There may be someone here this morning. There may be someone here this morning. You need the resurrection power of Christ to come into your life. I'm glad you're here today. Maybe you you came because this was your church a long time ago or you have a friend that attends here or a family member and you came and you're going to go have a wonderful afternoon with them. Really, I'm just glad that you're here. I'm glad that every one of you are here. Maybe this morning you came for another reason, but I'm about to tell you the main reason why you're here and that is because Jesus wants to demonstrate His resurrection power in you. That's why. Because some of you right now are just looking at your life and you're saying, can't fix it. Some of you are looking at the devastation in your body, your mind, your spirit, your home. You've seen how it's destroyed relationships in your life. But I tell you that what happened in the Judean hillside a couple thousand years ago That same power is available to you today. Jesus said, I am. He said of himself, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, if you have me, you have resurrection and life. I'd like you to bow your heads with me, please. Everyone across this great gathering. This morning, regardless of why you're here, in fact, as you are here and you heard this message, a whole bunch of children are hearing this same message. Resurrection power, his kids. They too are being given the opportunity to respond to that. This morning, I want to give you, you the opportunity. My intention is not to embarrass, but my intention is to identify and to agree with you to receive Jesus Christ. With no one looking around, I I would ask you, if that is you this morning and, and you're not sure if resurrection power is working in you, maybe you're just not sure. Maybe you, you know, definitely not. I I don't know him, I've rejected him, I've run from him. But maybe you're just not sure. I want to pray with you. It's really important that I pray with you this morning. We're going to pray in a few moments. God is going to begin doing a tremendous work in your life and the victory that we sang about and spoke about earlier is going to be operating in your life. 
You're going to see some amazing things happen in your mind, in your spirit. You're going to see some amazing things start happening in your home, your job, in your school, in your relationships. But it starts here. It starts here. It continues there, but it starts here. If that's you this morning, you're not sure, or you know that Jesus is not dwelling in you, either one, would you do two things for me? With everyone else's heads bowed, would you do this, two things? Just lift up your hand and catch my eye, and I want to pray with you. Is there anyone here this morning that would say, yeah, that's me? someone else in back thank you is there anyone else right here near the front thank you is there anyone else three people have said yeah that's me is there anyone else I'll take just a moment because I really want I really want resurrection power to begin in your life and I'll extend it just a little bit more. Is there anyone right now, and you're just you're just kind of wavering, you're not sure? Is there anyone else? Thank you. Right here. Anyone else? How does it begin? begins with prayer. See, Jesus died on the cross and he rose from the dead. He did all the work. Our only response, the Bible says, is to confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus rose from the dead. If we do that, then we will experience salvation. And so, four persons, perhaps more that I did not see, raised their hand and said, that's me. So would you, would you do this with me? Would, would you, even if you prayed this prayer or something like it a long time ago, would you still pray it out loud with me? And those who raised their hands, particularly, if you agree with this prayer, as I pray it, you repeat after me. If you believe it, God's going to do an amazing work in your heart. Begin an amazing work in your heart. So would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for your word that you have spoken to me today. I thank you for the cross that you died upon. I believe that you died for me. That through you, my sins can be forgiven. Today I surrender myself to you. I ask you to come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me. Deliver me. Begin to change me. I confess you as Savior and Lord. I believe that you came back from the dead.
I believe that resurrection power is for me. Change my life as I've surrendered it to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. He has won the victory. Glory to God. This morning, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've wandered for some time and you prayed it again and you're saying, Lord, I just today's a new start. If that's you, I would do ask one more thing. And that is in that box down below that you saw, that card that looks like this. Some of you may have filled out the front part of it, but on the last part of it, or on the back of it, it says, I am making a first-time commitment following Jesus Christ. If that's you, if you have done that today, would you check that box? Or, I am renewing my commitment to Jesus Christ. If you did that today, check that. And then would you just put your name and your phone number at the bottom of that? I promise you we will not give it to anyone else but I do promise that you will hear from me in the next few hours. Again, we have Bibles for you if you'd like, and there's some things that I'd like to, to share with you one-on-one. So I'm going to be back, along with others, at the back of the sanctuary. And I want to hold your hand and look into your eyes, and I want to thank God together with you. But I thank God for the victory. I thank God for the cross and for the resurrection. Glory to God. He didn't do it so that we could just have a nice time together. He didn't do it so we could just celebrate a special time of the year. He gave it to us so that we could live with Him forever. Glory to God. This may be our last Easter. This may be the last Resurrection Sunday that you ever experience here on earth. Jesus may return or He may come for you and you may go to Him in death. Either way, one great and glorious day. All the believers from throughout time are going to gather together in one place And what a celebration that's going to be. It's going to be a little bit like this. Times about a million or more. Would you stand with me, please? I want to ask God's blessing on you. Many of you have plans. There's no hurry if you want to greet someone. Maybe there's someone that you recognize from work or school you haven't seen for a while. You want to welcome them, greet them, meet them. I'm going to give you an opportunity. There's no hurry to leave. I want to pray over you before you do go. Lord Jesus, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for my new brothers and sisters. I thank you, Jesus, for the family of God. We don't sign up for it. We declare it with our mouths and with our hearts. And we become a part of the family of God that is eternal. It is worldwide. Multiples, the, the numbers in the multiple of millions. I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done this day. Now I ask your blessing upon my brothers and sisters as they leave this place. May they go in the victory of the cross. May they go in the victory of the empty tomb. May they go in resurrection power. I pray, Jesus, that you would use us, empower us as we take this message, this wonderful and comparable message of Jesus Christ as we share Christ with other people. That's what you called us to do. It's kind of like that angel, Lord, who so many years ago said, Go tell the disciples, inferring, go tell others Jesus is alive. We're going to do that, Lord. Help us. Help us. He is risen. He is risen indeed. 
pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. Amen. God bless you. Go in resurrection power. He is risen.